Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, The Art Box. Welcome to Thursday, and Linda has this great idea that we're going to go down and talk to people at breakfast. We're just going to interrupt them and let their breakfast get cold, which did happen, you'll see. <laughs> so, of course, Lazy Steve didn't get up first thing in the morning, so the first breakfast episode, Linda caught this really interesting lady, and Linda, you can talk about her. Well, first, I want to clarify that Lazy Steve was up half the night editing our podcast. I was ready to go in the morning, and he was just half a step behind me. I was able to do some great interviews. We had Samantha, who is a long rider, which I had never heard about before. So I asked her to explain to me what a long rider is and what she does. She has quite an interesting story, and her escapades have been published in newspapers. We had Stu, who is a cowboy poet. We grabbed him while he was eating his breakfast. Well, actually, I had helped him a little bit get his coffee and his breakfast. He has some disabilities, some physical issues. So you were setting him up. I, well, I, You're like, let me help you with your breakfast so we can interview you. Well, I had him captive i was holding his coffee before i gave it to him and said can we interview you (laughs) (laughs) and then finally we talked to a young lady who sells pottery and she was there with her daughter so these were some great interviews casual interviews and and we had a wonderful time yeah we did so breakfasts were fun they were fun and the next two days i got up early for breakfast and it was a good thing that we ate breakfast we got quite a good big breakfast in our hotel and it was a good thing because steve and i work like mad we're we're having so much fun but we often forget to to eat three meals a day and my husband said what do you expect when you get two workaholics together right steve (laughs) that's right we we're having good breakfasts and good conversations okay so let's go to our breakfast time talks sounds good thank you bye Samantha, how do you pronounce your last name? Sazorka. Sazorka. And I've heard you're a long rider. Do you want to tell us a little bit what that's about while you're eating your breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I um, A long rider is someone who does long distance journeys on horseback. Um, these are usually slow, intentional journeys. And they're typically a thousand miles or more. Wow. So it's a small club. Not a lot of people doing this. It sounds like it. So you go with just a few people? For me, I do my journey solo. So it's me, my horse, and my dog. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. not quite alone. But yeah, and some people do go with maybe a friend or a small group. But typically these these journeys, as you can imagine, there's a lot of logistics uh, behind them. 
And so the bigger the group, the more people, the more horses, the more challenges come with that. So most long riders tend to be solo. Oh, that's interesting. What's your dog's name and what kind of dog is it? Oh, her name is Juniper. She is a um, Aussie bearded collie mix. Okay. So she is uh, perfect for this kind of activity. Super smart, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, high endurance. So she can really cover the miles. And your horse? I have two... Uh, uh, formerly wild horses that I use, two Mustangs. So I have Sage and Fremont. Sage has done all my journeys with me. Uh, Fremont is my newer Mustang and he completed the last ride with me. Oh, okay. So how long does it take you to to ride a thousand miles? Well, it depends. It depends how fast you want to go, how slow you want to go, I should say, because these are really, again, slow. They're not races. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not trying to set records. They're really personal journeys. So for me, I never ride more than 20 miles in a day, mm-hmm. and I try to rest every five to six days, take one to two rest days off. So for you know my 1,100-mile ride, I spent three months on the trail doing that, wow. living so, on the trail out of my tent for three months. Wow. So mm-hmm. you take two horses with you, one to carry your supplies and one for you? And- I actually ultralight pack off one horse. Some oh. long riders, most long riders... Um, do pack horses, but Nevada's very unique terrain. Our limited feed and water means that it's an extra challenge. It's potentially very dangerous. So uh, what works for me is just ultralight packing off one horse, which cuts down even more what I can take, you can imagine. I try to keep my saddlebags fully packed, no more than 30 pounds. Wow. And that's what I'm living out of. So... Mm -hmm for your horse to get the food and water? So I usually cache my feed in advance along the route in certain sure. places. I have a lot of volunteers that will come and do drops for me. Okay. And I'll, so I'm either riding cash to cash mm-hmm. or having volunteers come out and do drops. And why do you like to do this? What's, <laughs> the, what's your motivation? I, I know, I always say it's it's really hard physically and mentally it is such a challenge and so then right why do this but um it's a couple of reasons for me it's a really intimate way to get to know the land to really understand the nuances of the terrain of the great basin of the mojave um when you're going three miles an hour you see everything I mean, you just really begin to notice these tiny details of this place we live. And I just think that's a really wonderful experience. Um, And then I really like having that time to bond with my animals. When you are no more than a few feet away from each other, 24 hours a day, every day for months, you really develop a, a really amazing connection. And I like the personal challenge pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, seeing what I'm made of, um, even those hard things, uh, those hard moments on the trail, they're really worth it when you look back on the, the whole journey. Sure. I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'll let you eat your breakfast, which is getting cold. <laughs> Tell me about your most difficult challenge you had on was there one instance oh. in particular, rattlesnake or? Well, you know, we have had a lot of wild animal. Um, incidents but those aren't even really I mean to be honest it's the physical and mental 
challenge. That's that is ultimately the hardest part. Um, the loneliness, being all alone out, it's being scared. I've gotten lost on the trail in the mountains, all alone. I had to navigate my way out. Um, you know, we've gotten injuries on the trail. Um, the wildland, it's just, it is a lot. I can't even say that there's one uh, incident overall. You know, we've done three treks across and around Nevada now, and each one has been so different. Uh, each one has brought their own unique stories. Oh, I have to ask, since I'm a hiker, so I'm always, I like that challenge as well. It's a different kind of challenge, but it's certainly challenging finding your way back. Um, I have a Garmin that I use. Do you use a navigation system? I do now. Okay. When I first started my first long ride, I wanted to be you know off old school i didn't want anything i don't know what i was thinking i didn't want anything fancy and so i only took paper topo maps on the first ride oh, yes. and navigated uh five that was 500 miles all in topo maps um and now i carry you know a garmin and i've got a little bit better equipment so that's fantastic uh, and i love that sos button that's there just in case mm -hmm. right yeah i use the uh the spot so i can track my people can follow along and it's got the sos button just peace of mind so you have somebody tracking you mm -hmm. um, yeah that's what i do when i hike as well perfect all right thank you for your time this thank morning. you D. Johnson Esquire. Mark D. Johnson Esquire. We need to start over with that. Eddie's yeah. not I'm not, I'm not with these folks. <laughs> oh, I, mean, you're not? I would be glad to be. But, oh. <laughs> We're just eating. We're just eating. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not Eddie's family. No. <laughs> and it's Mark's family, not Mark's family. No. We're just three strangers. Three oh, strangers. Okay. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so we got poet, poet. Pottery. Yes. What kind of pottery do you make? Um, stoneware, uh, functional wares. So anything you can use in your house and kitchen. Is it still pretty? We got it made. Thank I you. think it is. <laughs> so Jolyn, the name of uh, Jolyn Hook Pottery. Jolyn Hook Pottery. Okay. Oh, Jolyn Hook Pottery. Yeah. Okay. This is Jocelyn, my daughter. Hi, Jocelyn. So are you having fun here? Yes. And you've gone to some shows, you were telling me. So what was your favorite show? Um, I kind of like the new one. Okay. Okay. And JoLynn, where is your pottery set up? We're in the um, the vendor, the, if it's the conference, or is it the conference building? Oh, in the conference the building. building? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to go find it. We're in, we're, you come in the main door, turn left, and we're two, two booths, one booth down. Oh, okay, okay. We will look for you today, then. So, do you come here every year and so you This is my first year. Okay. So, you've been seeing the shows. Have you seen Eddie over there yet? No, we have not. <laughs> He's really I've seen your booth. I've seen your booth. Did you? Are you from Canada? No. Okay, I met a guy from Canada that does pottery. Oh, poetry. You Okay. He's really good. He uh, was a 
a policeman, correct? And his poetry is unique. So. And he's eaten pickle pie before. Yes. So you yes. know we're friends now. Correct. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you both. Yes. And seeing your pottery. Thank, Thank you, you for talking with us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. My wife's still in bed. She was going to make it for breakfast, but I don't see her. We're from, we're from Park City, Utah. Oh, okay. You have that wonderful cowboy poet vo voice. That's why I asked if you were a cowboy poet. I, I'm a wannabe cowboy. <laughs> so, sir, you want to tell us your name for the for our podcast listeners? You want to tell us your name? Oh, Stu Carlson. Excuse me for being crude. Rude. You're not rude at all. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm sure you guys have got a handle, so uh, what is your name? We're the Virgin Valley Artists Association Art Box. We have a podcast, and we're interviewing people, watching shows, so that we can go back to our listeners and tell them how tell them how fun this is and that they should come to the okay. Cowboy Poetry well, um, this is this is probably gathering. my fifth or sixth year coming mm -hmm. to it, and I think this is this is the best outdoor mic. I mean, open mic. Mm -hmm. I think of any of them. I've gone to a lot of them. I only do about three a year now. And uh, have you been here before? I assume you have. No, this is our first time. You know what's what's so good about the open mic here? I like this two bed Is the public is aware of it? The mm -hmm. <laughs> And there's always a crowd. There's a nice crowd. I do one in Weezer, Idaho, every June. And Weezer has uh, the reason I go up there is they have their national fiddlers co competition. This is something you people ought to bird dog in. And you say, why would there be a national fiddler thing in Weezer, Idaho? There is because. These people participate in the fiddling, and I'm not a, I'm not a musician on that. It, it's a place they can bring their RVs in, they can camp, you can put a thousand of their people there. And they got the facilities to handle. I mean, who wants to go to Los Angeles or who wants to go to El Paso or something like that? You go to, you go to these little communities that are very eager to host you. At the same time they're having that, the city, uh, the folks up there said, well, gosh, let's, let's have an affair in the city park uh, at the same time. And, and they, they have an open mic, musicians, Western music. Uh, and it, it, has not, it, it is not part of the National Fiddlers. Okay. But it's at the same time. Oh, okay. And it's really kind of a neat. It's a win-win. There's a people like me that we enjoy going there. It's out in the city park and with a lot of, uh, and, they, and they go out of their way to make make you happy. And, uh, well, we'll check into it. You said you've been coming here for several years. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing? Do you watch the music here? Do you watch shows? I'm a little hesitant. 
Yeah, all of us. I we should have, let him eat. We are trying, he's trying to eat breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's the, true. Uh, you just keep eating. And <laughs> yeah. My, just my favorite podcast. thing, believe it or not, is, is, is the open mic sessions. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there you, were some you, really talented people this year with the open mic sessions, and we saw holy. a whole bunch of kids in line as well for the young buckaroo. Yeah, now, I'm being, excuse me, I'm being a little bit of a wise ass here, but who wants to pay thirty or forty dollars to sit and listen to some guy plunk a guitar and say it? And you know, a cowboy poem he had memorized, and uh, you, you you go to the open mics and. You got the good and the bad, but everybody's doing their best, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it can, you could go to you can sit in open mic all day long and hear different. And it won't cost you anything. That's yeah. that's that's the beauty of the open mic and here, they're, and the, they're all different. Everybody's it, it, perspective is different. Different that's delivery. True. It, it, well, it's like they divide us up in the time groups. You know, maybe about a half dozen of us say at two o'clock, and a half dozen at three. And it goes like that, and so you got a, you got a different per, per performer continually going on, yeah. and that, like I said, there are people who live here who spend all day just sitting in the open mics because mm-hmm. it's sure. it's it's a succession of uh, mm-hmm. uh, good old boys and yeah. good old gals, you know, and, and smiles. So we'll ask and you, tears. Yeah, we'll ask you one more question, then we'll let you eat. No, oh my go gosh, <laughs> what's your poem about that you're Yesterday, I uh, they're they're trying to limit us about five to seven minutes for our presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I did one on a, I, I called it an early lesson. It was when I was a freshman in high school. I wanted to be a cowboy, so I signed up for their ag class. Oh, we heard that yesterday. Were you there? I think yes, we did. Yeah, that was you. It was me. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was a great poem. It's uh, I'm involved with more poetry than just the cowboy thing here. I, I'm through with the Veterans Administration, and I, and I, out of Salt Lake City, and we we've got our own poetry workshops and everything. And uh, so I'll, I'll do I do poetry uh, patriotic at the same time. Oh wow! And that was my first experience with it in Mesquite for Memorial Day. They had a, a, a cowboy poetry, but it wasn't all cowboy poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of because it was slanted towards the veterans, and yeah, that's where we met you know, Russ Westwood, who's our friend, and well, I was kind of got us here. I was I was lucky a couple of years ago in that uh, the Utah Opera actually took a couple of my patriotic poems, yeah. put them to music, and performed them for the public. On the uh, I'm not a fan of opera, but it, Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. that's quite an honor that they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I but like you said, are you, you going to go back today again to the open mics or the, the Price is Right? That's the whole thing, you know. You're not you're not paying the, buying those big tickets that are required to right. get in. And we're going to try to do some interviews and do a few other things, and mm-hmm. we might have time to go to an open mic session. Today I'm going to do one on a, uh, I call it Hillsborough Peak about, when I almost got hit by lightning riding a horse on the mountaintop and everything, oh. and, uh, it goes like, uh, 
Turns out our, our, our maker likely intervened to salvage my fraught fate on storm-struck national forest in that border's Sunbelt State. Bronc riding remote Black Range trails made time-worn dreams come true. I'd horseback from old Kingston town with daybreak skies clear blue. My saddle tramping buddy was Ranger Shorty Hall. We documented livestock use neath Hela's timbers tall. With Parker transects proper place, my pal then went his way. Across rangelands growing forage feed, I too would roam that day. Come afternoon, far vistas changed, clouds curdled in the west. <coughs> Hillsborough Peak, high to the east, became my urgent quest. Our work week haven top that perch was smoky shanty snug. Alongside a fire watch tower tall, the skyline it did hug. That staircase switchback path I faced became a challenge great since distant thunder bumpers churned fierce at rampant rate. Soon their rumbling tempest frontage drew near with scary speed. I urged my horse to faster climb for shelter I'd soon need. Hillsborough's crest was not yet reached when woeful wrath weighed in. New Mexico's landscape went dark. My mount I urged again. Then downpours burst from blackened skies with bruising winds full brash. Our rain-slick causeway flooded fast. I feared we'd stumble and crash. My vision blurred. I saddle clung with traction slipshod bad. Why did I chance that steep slope climb when delays might be had? Storm gendered gales and thunder loud rolled fierce o'er high terrain, but nothing top raw trauma tense we'd upslope to soon sustain. My Forest Service cayuse pressed nobly o'er bog trail. We'd labored past one lonesome pine when lightning struck mid's tail. Our deluge-drenched locale flashed white with bedrock jar and jolt. Your drums were numb by intense blast from close-in fearsome bolt. The smell of ozone stoked the air. Torn limbs flew through the sky. Then countless clumps of needles green, earth fell from branches high. But I'd somehow dodged disaster from that trailside electric hit and my spook horse failed to dump me, sparing grief I'd surely get. Yeah, it goes on a little bit more like that. Wow. I, I made it. And, uh, That's amazing you can recite that over breakfast, no notes. <laughs> yeah, and this breakfast is getting I cold. I was just going to ask <laughs> if I can get you, your new plate finished. or stick it in the microwave for you. No, we're doing fine here. Uh, um, and thank you for your service. Mm. Yeah, you know the one thing, I, because after I hit 70 and family background of Alzheimer's and everything, do you think that the memorization <clears throat> helps stave off Alzheimer's? I'm a real, I'm a real believer in that. Yeah. I'm a, uh, because I think of different things. I try to stay busy I and can't, engaged I can't, in things. I can't prove it. I don't, medically, you know. 
You're from a generation. By the time, by the time I work on poems, I have. I may work on a poem for six years or ten yeah. years. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't remember the name of the of, of the author, but there's a uh, noted Kiowa Indian professor on staff at Stanford University. He talks. He, he never goes back and works on his prose, but he does on his poetry. Yeah. And, and there's something there's something contagious about. You just remember all of a sudden you want to change a word, and uh, you, you you go back and work on. I, I frustrate people in my uh, work group there at the VA because I keep going, bringing, salvaging old poems that I did ten years ago, and I change them. And there's something there's something seductive about wanting to go back and work on poetry. You can do it. And uh, I can't remember the name of this Indian author. I'll, I'll think it was here, Donabus or something like that. The guys in my work group they keep saying, "Stu, you got to come up with a new poem. Don't don't go back on all these old ones." Mm -hmm. But I like to go back and salvage the old ones on the. Uh, is is just a fraction of what it used to be, and that they're they're wanting to get it back the way it used to. But the pandemic has just screwed everything up mm -hmm. on them. Uh, yeah, so they didn't do one for three years. Mm -hmm. They've been saying. We're impressed with with what we've seen. Yeah. It's good to me. Everybody's happy. All these people under one roof are all happy. You know what else I've yeah. noticed? There's nobody there with headphones on, mm -hmm. with earphones, mm -hmm. listening to the music instead. They're all tuned in here. It's great. Stu, thank you very much. Oh. And, and we've sat here and watched your breakfast get cold. Oh, no. Well, uh, <laughs> next time I'm go heading to south, I'll come through at Mesquite. I'll stop in your, your art, art shop. Is that what it is? It's a gallery. Okay. That'd be great. I think you would enjoy it. We have a lot of talented artists. Thank you for your time this yeah. morning. Yeah. And this is this is a talented artist. But I've got her doing the podcast now. She never has time to do her art. What's for breakfast tomorrow, Steve? What is for breakfast? I think it's the same thing every day, but it's pretty good. Sausage, they had sausage gravy, they had biscuits, they had potatoes. Eggs? Uh, yeah, I eggs. love the hard boiled eggs. Uh, yes, you do, <laughs> but Linda found out one day, actually I was sitting there waiting, I see her break a hard boiled egg and it just disintegrates in her hand. And so she tries another one, it was the same thing. And then the, the young kid who was working there, I think he was all by himself, he was yes. really working hard. He said, I put in the wrong eggs. <laughs> they weren't hard boiled. It was quite fun. So yeah, and that, of course, what do they cost now? About $80 an egg, so yeah. they tried to charge you. <laughs> it's, it's fun, it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed our breakfast chats. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com.
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.